Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could be here. You're listening to part three of our series called Relationship Reboot. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. For Jesus, you know, it's not a bad place to start, to end, the beginning, the middle, the end, alpha, omega, all those descriptors. Hey, you might be like, you don't look like Pastor Harrison. And while that is my life goal, you are correct. I do not look like uh, Pastor Harrison. Uh, my name is Brett. Uh, I'm the senior pastor of West Edmonton Christian Assembly as well as Engaged Church, bringing them together under one name coming Easter 2021, which is in a few weeks to, into Saints Church. Also lead pastor of uh, the Engaged Network of which Kingdom Church is a part. And uh, we love being at Kingdom Church. I love being here. We love Pastors Harrison Christie. We just love everything that's happening. You know, Desiree and I, last time we were here, when that's my wife, we were talking about uh, how every time we come, we come to Kingdom, it kind of just feels like Engage did like five years ago. It's like I step back in time. It's the same energy, same passion, same life. And, uh, you know, I, I love what God is doing here and what he's doing in you, through you, and all around you and what he wants to do in St. Albert, uh, and you're a part of the plan of God here in this community, in this city, and uh, you got to know that, that God has a plan and a purpose for you and for this church and through this church, and um, so I love the generosity project and all the different ways that we love. You know, when we take care of the most uh, practical needs, you know, James says that's pure religion, right? When you take care of the widows and the orphans, the most vulnerable but I think it's so close to the heart of God uh, when you take care of those who, who need help. And that's what we're about. We're about help in every area of life. Sometimes I think as churches, we, we focus so much on the spirit so that we lose sight of the practical. And so we never lose sight of the practical, never lose sight of your generosity. Uh, giving is one way you can do that. Serving is another way that you can do that. And there's just so many great ways to reach the community. But hey, we're here to talk about relationships because we all have them. We all like them for the most part. I think in COVID, you maybe shed a few. They were like, these aren't giving me life. Uh, and that may be a good thing or a bad thing. We will see. And, uh, but we all have relationships, but today I'm going to, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to come at you a little different. You know, normally I like to bring the hope and, 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 you know, I try to make jokes like pastor Harrison that sometimes work and, um, see, sometimes you did. All right. We're working, we're working, we're grinding. But today I'm going to put my, my teacher hat on a little bit because I think for us to fully understand relationships, we have to understand where relationship comes from. And if we're going to build our lives on Jesus and Scripture, then we, we build our lives on Scripture, which is the timeless truths, the Word of God uh, that, that leads us and guides us in our everyday life, but also shows us the source of life. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to get your Bible out, hopefully, if you have one. If not, it's going to show up on the screen. Uh, we're going to go through a bunch of Scripture, and then we're going to get really practical at the end. Does that sound like a bit of a plan uh, to you? Okay, thank you, uh, one person in the back, <laughs> Pastor Christie, you know, so it's like we could be a little bit more engaged today. Uh, thank you online. I feel like I got more love for online than I do in the room right now, but we're going to Genesis chapter one at the very beginning. You know, it's not typical for me to say that a 930 was pretty fired up compared to 11, but <sighs> here we are. Okay. <laughs> Genesis one. <laughs> we love you. Relax. Okay. It's okay to have fun in church. Genesis 1. Then God said, verse 26, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the skies, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. Did you notice the language at the beginning? It says, then God said, let us, there's no circle that if you've got a paper Bible, make human beings in our, again, plural language, uh, in our image to be like us. Again, you've got three instances of plural language and God seems to be speaking to himself. So the question is, who on earth, literally, is God talking to? You could say he must be talking to the blue whale that he just created that's like, you know, in the ocean talking to him. Maybe he's talking to the squirrel. I don't know who's he talking to, but in reality, he is talking to himself in three persons. So what we know is that we believe in one God who is co equal and co-eternal and exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when he says, let us make man in our image, he's talking to the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You can cross-reference this with Colossians 1, and you'll find that at creation, it was actually Jesus who spoke the earth into creation. So God came up with the plan, the design, the structure, but it was Jesus who put it into place. And you'll find at the beginning of Genesis 1 that the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters. So it was the idea and the plan of the Father. It was the voice of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit that got creation to spring up. So he says, let us make man in our own image. So he created man, I believe, in three parts. And scripture confirms this later in Hebrews where he says, we are trichotomous. We are made in three parts, body, soul, spirit. Imagine that, the God three in one would create us in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And while the Trinity is a mystery, so too often is us operating in three levels as body, soul, spirit. You know, the Bible says that uh, the soul and the spirit is so deeply interwoven and deeply connected. When I imagine it, I imagine it like strands of DNA. And the only thing that can pierce it, the Bible says, is, is, is this. It is the word. But we can understand that in John 1, Jesus was described as the word. So the only thing that brings separation to our soul and our spirit is Jesus in the word of God. And we can begin to understand that there's this separation in the parts of us. So why is that important to any of us? Let's just keep going. Genesis 2. Then God said, verse 18, it is not good for the man to be alone. Said every single dude ever. It's in the Bible. Stop playing video games. Okay. (laughs) Then God said it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Because Adam alone is not Adam in the image of God. Adam alone is not Adam in the image of God. We need relationships in order to be fully human. So the essence at the center of our universe is relationship. This is Dr. Daryl Johnson. He is a a scholar, theologian, professor at Regent. He says this, what does this all mean? It means that in the deepest mystery of his being, God is in an intimate relationship, a fellowship, a community of love. That is who God is. He is a fellowship, a community of love, an intimate relationship. That is the very nature of God. In 1 John 4, we understand that God himself is love. He is the definition of God, love. What is love? What is real love? It is God himself. 
So we were created in his image for relationship because he exists in relationship. So what does that tell us? We value relationships because he values relationships, because his essence is relationship. And we're not just talking about like romantic relationships. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about relationship on every single level. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can't live your life without relationship on some level. You might not know this, but you're already in a relationship with that person that hands you your coffee out the window at Tim Hortons. That's why they say to you, see you tomorrow. That's not just a script. They know you. You know, there's a relationship that exists at every level, whether you like it or not. Some of us do better. Uh, some of us would say we're more introverted. Some of us would say more extroverted. Some, like me, feel like we come right down the middle. We all have a different makeup, but it doesn't change the fact that we're all in desperate need of a real relationship. God, Because God values it, we value it. And because God is that and we are made in his image, it means that we are created for relationship. So we have to understand the value and the weight and the measure of relationship because man alone is not man in the image of God. You are created for connection and connectivity. You're, you're really connect, connect, uh, created for connection on two planes, right? A vertical, which is your connection with God, and horizontal, which is the connection with everybody else. You're created for relationship. Now, when Des and I first got married a long time ago, we used to go on all these road trips in the summer, and we'd often go through Red Deer, and we would stop at this place called Scott's Parables. Does anyone know of Scott's Parables? Okay, two people. Great. Uh, There once was a time that you didn't buy books on Amazon. (laughs) you would go to a place and there was these large places called the Bible bookstore. It was a Christian bookstore. And this place in Red Deer was like ginormous. It was huge. And so we would always stop there. Fun fact about me that you don't know about me is I used to play in bands and tour and do albums and all those kinds of things. So I love music. And so I would, this is what would happen. We would get out of the car, walk into Scott's Perils. I would go straight to the music section. And then Desiree would go straight to the marriage section. And then I would go from the music section over to the Bible section because I have this strange fascination with owning way too many Bibles. By the way, this is brand new. Um, And I have so, so many and and probably too many, more than one person. I'm actually at the stage of collecting Bibles where I started giving away uh, lots of Bibles now. And maybe that's why I collect them in the first place. Who knows? But I I would go, but I would tell you, I'll tell you what, I did everything I could to avoid Desiree standing in the marriage section to the point where I would like, I'd be waiting it out. I'm like, I'm like, this might be adding 45 minutes to the trip, maybe an hour, but I'm just going to wait over here. I'm going to wait for her to emerge from the marriage section so that I don't go over there. Because my philosophy generally was, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Like my classic male mentality. Listen, I, it's fine. It's fine. You know? Like, let's just, let's just, let's just roll. And, but she would want to talk about it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Why is that? Because oftentimes relationships are a mirror. And when you know somebody at at a certain depth, you start learning or discovering things about yourself that maybe you want to know or really, really don't want to know. So I guess the question I should have been asking myself is what on earth was I hiding from? Maybe I'll ask you the question, what on earth are you hiding 
from. Have you ever had that moment where someone's dropping by the house in like 14 minutes and they share the location on Google and you're like, oh man, the house is not ready for this. And you do that power clean and you've got that one closet or that one drawer. You know what I'm talking about. You got that one place where you're like, let's go. And everything just like, you just open it and you're like, get your shot. And and it closes. Did you know that there's a time in history where people just randomly showed up at your house? Did you know that? That Like not so long ago, people would just like the audacity of somebody to show up to your house unannounced. I mean, it's shocking when they call me and they didn't text me first, let alone anyways. You, 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 they show up at your house when you could do this and they would come inside and, and, and everything was going fine until they went to get their coat. And they start walking towards that one closet. You're like, hey, it's over here. It's over here. Hey, hey, hey. It's over here! Because if they open up that door, all that stuff is coming, pouring out. Isn't it amazing how often we treat our own lives like that? It's all pretty on the outside but we've left the dirty, ugly, nasty tucked away on the outside and it's just below the surface that if someone was just to say that one thing or to do that, it would all come pouring out. Why is it that we prefer a quick clean when in reality, the best thing for our soul and for our relationships is a deep clean. It's easy to do a quick clean but it's necessary for us to do a deep clean. This is another quote from Dr. Dale Johnson. I'm a big, big fan. He says this, nothing grieves the triune God more than people who will not work at relationships. Oh, you thought this was all just spiritual stuff. You know, at some point, your relationship with Jesus has to come into the real world. Right? Because we give him our whole heart, our whole life. At some point, it has to come down to to the most commonplace things, our most commonplace relationships. Jesus has to be leading and guiding us in every season because if Jesus isn't Lord of it all, then he ain't Lord at all. Nothing grieves the heart of God more than people who not, will not work at relationships. So why is it we're afraid? Well, first, because we're afraid of our own weaknesses. But isn't that an interesting thought that that we allow our weakness to dictate our behavior? Now, just watch what happens when we allow our our weakness to dictate our behavior, but Jesus gets involved. This is 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of God may rest upon me. In the middle of my weakness, in the middle of my insecurity and my insufficiency, Jesus is more than enough. So oftentimes we stay away from our weakness because we think we don't want to be exposed. But Jesus says, if you invite me in there, you're going to find more strength than you have in your natural strength. 
if you would let me into the most vulnerable part of you, I will show you what it means to live in me. Oh, but I can't. You're right, you can't, but he can. In our place where we're like, God, I'm broken and I'm wounded and I'm hurting and I'm insecure and I'm anxious about this. He says, let me show up. You don't have to do it on your own. And what you will find if you invite him into it, all the things that you were afraid of being exposed for, he will shore you up and give you the strength and the courage. Now, what does this actually mean? He's strong in the midst of my weakness. I think it means he gives you the strength to deal with it, to handle it, to walk through it. He gives you the strength and the courage to do the deep clean, to take care of the dirty laundry. He gives you the sustaining power that when you're completely depleted because of the process that he lifts you up like the Bible says on eagle's wings, which is just a way to say you've got, uh, you've got your second wind. You got another breath. You got some strength in your legs again. When normally you're completely depleted because of the process, he comes and he breathes his hope and his life into you. Come on, but that's a whole nother message for a whole nother day. God works best with our weaknesses, but he can't fix what you won't let go of. That's where surrender comes in. He can't fix what you won't let go of. If you hold on to it, if you, if you insist on, on being large and in charge, and, and no, I got this, here's the thing. He will let you. And then here's what will happen, though. I can tell you the cycle. You'll say, no, I got this. You'll do it. You'll fail, inevitably. Then you'll get mad at God. Where were you? He said, waiting for you to realize that you needed me at this moment right here, right now. So you could be angry or you could let me in because I've been knocking at your door this whole time. I think what I've come to realize is that, like I said, relationships can be a mirror, but for a lot of us, they can also be a blind spot, right? And not a blind spot for others, a blind spot for ourselves. It's so easy to see things in somebody else. Listen, I can tell you all, all my friends' flaws. That's a part of knowing somebody, right? You know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know what they're good at, you really know what they're not good at. But Jesus spoke about this very situation in Luke 6, 42. He says, how can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. So he's got a word for you. He says, hypocrite, first, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. It's easier to have high expectations or to see faults in others than to confront the fact that they exist in ourselves. I can call it out in you all day long, but you come at me, it's like, why are you coming at me, bro? Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't have clarifying conversations with people. Sometimes it's just necessary, right? That's a necessary thing that happens in relationships. What I'm saying is you need to acknowledge the weakness in yourself 
before you try and deal with it in somebody else. Because it's a whole different conversation. It's like, listen, man, I've been there. As opposed to, hey, you're the worst, deal with it. And he's like, I know you. Right? I don't know if you ever had this happen to you, but I met this person and kind of in our friend circles and they annoyed me at a level. And pastors probably shouldn't say this, but listen, at a level that graded my soul. Like my soul could be best described as the zester. And when I met them, the lime zest was just being graded on my, like every single time. I was like, oh my have mercy. Why is this person in my life? And I was so, like, I couldn't handle being around them. They just, they're in our friend group. Just like, what do you do? Like, they're just there. And then I realized the reason why I'm so frustrated with them is because the thing that I see in them is the thing that I hate about me. But it's easier to deal with them than it is to deal with me. But that's probably only ever happened to me. Right? That's just, that's just a me thing. It's easy to take out our frustrations on somebody else in a relationship instead of dealing with our own stuff. And we've got some responsibilities in our relationships. You know, as Spider-Man may say, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, with every relationship that we have, we hold the best parts of our friends. We understand that we, we hold the best parts of our friends uh, in our hands because we know about them and, and we know. And then as you get closer, you know the worst parts of them. You know, that, you know their secrets and their dirty laundry, right? Like, you know, that's why when a relationship breaks down, it gets really nasty and, and ugly. Why? Because you know exactly what button to push. You, exact, you know exactly the words to say. Listen, you know all kinds of things about your spouse that you could rip them to shreds, right? That's why the breakdown of relationships is so brutal because we know all the stuff we have a responsibility to our relationships because we hold power over somebody because we hold all that knowledge about who they are so what are you going to do with that what are you going to do with that here's what i want to do i want to look at five relationship uh, relationship responsibilities can we do that Five relationship responses. You're like, you got five points still? I thought you were done. I am done. This is the end. Wow, tough crowd today. You know, five things. You're like, you're going to take so long. No, I'm not actually. It's going to be pretty quick. And you're going to learn something from it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump right into it. Because I know that you hate the word responsibility combined with relationships. But the truth is your whole life is one giant responsibility. So the faster you can understand that, the faster we can move forward. And you're like, but I thought Jesus like carries all this. He does, but he also gave you a roadmap. And he kind of expects you that if you're going to be in a relationship with him, to listen to the things that he has to say. Because if you're not willing to listen to the things that he has to say, are you in any relationship with him at all? Okay. Before we bring it down, let's bring it back up again. Five relationship responsibilities. Number one, you got to look in before you look out. You got to look in before you look out. If you're taking notes, which I know you're all doing, you can go to, you can write down Luke 6, verse 42. That's, you, you, don't, you deal with the log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in somebody else's eye. You got to look in before 
you look out. Second one, you got to commit to communication. This works on both planes, vertically and horizontally. In every relationship that you have, you have to commit to communication. Why? Because tension is inevitable. How you handle the tension in your relationships reveals the depth of your relationship. So you have to commit to communication. This is, you know, the Bible actually talks about what do you do if you have a relationship breakdown. There's actually a roadmap, a playbook that you can put in play. It's found in Matthew 18, and these are the words of Jesus. In Matthew 18, verse 15, he says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Did you know what it says there to start? It says, go privately. Don't go to Instagram. Don't go rant. Go privately. Deal with it person to person, heart to heart. Oh, but I don't know if I can talk to them in that way. Well, then we need to reevaluate the entire status of your relationship to start with. We go privately and we deal with it. They owe, you owe that to them and hopefully you can save it. We commit to communication. Number three, this is the hard one. Forgiveness is my responsibility. Hold on. Let's go to the Bible. It says, Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied. 70 times 7. Peter thought he was being smart there because in, in, in Scripture, 7 is the number of completion. So he's like, 7 times? That's good. That's right. Complete. And God's like, hold on. I know that you're uneducated, that you kind of were done at grade 6. So no, 70 times 7. He's like, right, you can't count it. There's not a limit on it. You're like, but if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. No, my friend, can I tell you, forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is for you. Now, we also have to understand that just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that they've regained your trust. Rebuilding trust is on them, but forgiveness is on you. You have a responsibility to forgive because Jesus forgave you and we will forgive them. And can I tell you, bad things happen when we hold on to unforgiveness. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells us that brings us to number four. Misery loves company. This is Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God and watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. When you do not forgive, you plant a seed. That seed grows often into anger when it moves past anger, it moves into something called bitterness. Now, scripture tells us that we should let our roots grow down into Christ's love. Unforgiveness is planting a whole nother root system. And it don't look like Christ's love. In fact, you might know a person like this. You might have seen this. That person who used to be such full of such joy in life is now so angry 
and maybe they've lost job after job after job. Their, their future's so bright and now it just seems dark because they just can't move past whatever those things are. And listen, I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. I'm just saying it's necessary. I'm not saying it's gonna happen in a moment. In fact, I would say scripture has an implication that while God's mercies are new every morning, forgiveness is the same. Every day I wake up and I just keep forgiving intentionally every single day until I've dealt with that thing, even if it takes it one day or it takes 15 days or 372 days in a row of me waking up every day saying, I'm going to forgive this person for what they did. Because if I do not let it go and if I do not give it to Jesus, then bitterness will take hold. Did you notice what it says? Look after each other. Look after each other which means we've got a responsibility to our friends and our family who are dealing with that unforgiveness to have that clarifying conversation that says, hey, if you don't cut this thing off, it's gonna eat you alive. And I say misery loves company because it says the root of bitterness corrupts many. Have you ever had that moment where you're still mad about that thing that happened to your friend like two years after they moved on? You're just offended because somebody says that thing. I can't believe they said that thing to you. And they're like, you're still thinking about that? The root of bitterness corrupts many, many, many. So let's look after one another. Number five, you ready for it? Number five, look up. My vertical relationship has the greatest impact on my horizontal relationships. My relationship with Jesus has a direct impact on every single one of my relationships. This is Galatians 5. You might be familiar, or you might be hearing it for the first time. It says this, that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. You could say it in another way. This is what happens when God is at work in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. When God shows up in your life, he starts changing you from the inside out. He loves you so much that you can come to him as you are, but he loves you so much that he won't leave you there. When God shows up, everything changes. The way you handle life, the way you handle your business, the way you talk, it all changes. Desiree and I lead the new believers group at church, people who just made a first time decision to follow Jesus. And we had this girl, it's my favorite story. And I could tell it 15 or 20 different ways because I've seen it happen so many times that it's, it's moved beyond theory and moved straight into fact that this, this is what happens when God shows up. She made a decision on Sunday accept Jesus into her life. She shows up on a Wednesday for a group. She said, things have been a little weird for me at work. I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, people keep asking me if I'm okay. <clears throat> Dig a little deeper. Turns out she's the quick-witted, sharp tongue kind. Works in the service industry. So when something's going wrong, the whole team knows that something's going wrong. And if you do something wrong, she'll tell you 17 different ways 
all the ways you could have done it better. I mean, you know this type of person, right? You know that's quick to lash out, quick to get angry, so sharp on their feet. And people kept asking her every day if she was okay. Why? Because she didn't even realize it, but she was full of love, joy, peace, grace, gentleness. That she changed the way she responded. She didn't even realize that she didn't blow up when something went wrong. She didn't rip her coworker a new one when they made a mistake. And the crazy thing is she didn't even realize that it was happening. Sometimes when you've been in this for a little while, you forget what Jesus does when he comes into your life. And sometimes we put the guards up and we give them access to a certain number of areas and then we limit the rest like our quick clean closet because we're just too nervous about what that might feel like. But he wants to bring complete transformation to every area of your life. But if you don't give him access to it, he'll honor that because that's who he is. A vertical relationship with Jesus has a direct impact on all of my horizontal relationships. Pastor Brian Houston says it like this, and no, I won't do an Australian accent. Your faith, your future, your freedom, your friendships, they are all determined by the condition of your spirit. And that condition is your responsibility to steward. The book of Proverbs says it like this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So can I ask you a question today? your heart how's your heart I believe even right now Jesus is bringing to mind relationships that are broken and severed that he would long for you to restore there's faces popping into your head right now there's names showing up right now they're like oh I didn't even think about that person for a long time this is what happens when Jesus shows up and he starts bringing things to your remembrance or bringing them back to your mind it's not to be nervous about it he's just pointing like a big neon arrow and saying hey if you want to become the person that I created to be if you want to achieve those things and those dreams that I placed in your heart then I want you to deal with this because it will set you free in so many areas how is your you bow your heads, close your eyes all across this place. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a personal decision to have a relationship with Jesus. You've known a lot about God or maybe you've made a lot of assumptions and heard a lot of things, but you've never made that choice to say, yeah, I want to hold the hand of the one that holds the world. I want to be in a relationship with the creator of the universe. I want to with him. Can I tell you, Jesus desires nothing more because he created humanity for relationship. Did you know before the fall
fall of man, before all that crazy stuff happened, that God would walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. They would just chill. God desires that so deeply with you. And it starts spilling out into every area. So if that's you, and you want to invite Jesus into your life, I'm going to count down from three. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you believed in him when you were a kid, but never made that decision for yourself or you walked away and you just say, yeah, I wanna commit myself to Jesus. If that's you, I'm gonna count down from three. When I get to one, you just give me a quick wave. So if that's you today, come on. Jesus wants to meet you exactly where you are. He loves you so much. So if that's you, give me a wave. In three, two, one, thank you. pray this prayer together. I want you to repeat after me. This is the best decision you could ever make. Decision to follow Jesus in every area. Come on, let's pray this together. Say, dear Jesus, come on, everybody, let's repeat after me. Say, I need you now more than ever. So I give you everything. My wins and my losses my sins and my successes. Jesus, forgive me. I give everything to you. From this moment forward, I'm following you one step at a time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, can we give a big round of applause for all those who prayed that prayer for the very first Hey, thank you so much for listening to that message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Hey, if you want more information, if you've decided to follow Jesus, we encourage you to head over to kingdomchurch.ca right now and connect with us. We can't wait to get to know you. Until next time, be care.